and welcome to Maya's Book Club, where we talk about, you guessed it, books. This is Maya Bienemann speaking, and I'll be your host today. Today we'll be discussing a nonfiction book called Educated, a memoir by Tara Westover. This novel deals greatly with abuse in the home and the power of education, but we'll talk more about that later. First, I'm going to talk about why I decided to read this book. But if I'm being completely honest, I didn't want to read this book to start with. I really wanted to read Perks of Being a Wallflower because it's been something that I've wanted to read and watch, but it was lost in the library system at school, so I couldn't read it. So I ended up choosing a book somewhat at random. There were certain categories that I didn't want to read from, so I just crossed those off my list. And then I pulled up a random number generator and picked books based on their numbers on the list and I f- until I found one that interested me. I think Educated really caught my eye because of the survivalist lifestyle that she was raised in. The whole idea of a cult and her family's cult-like following to survivalism was really crazy to me, and I thought it was really interesting. And I wanted to know how that, along with abuse and the theme of education, all fit together. Now it's time for a summary. Tara Westover, who is the author was born the youngest in a family of nine. Her family lived on a farm in rural Idaho at the base of a mountain called Buck's Peak. She begins her story around the age of seven, but by that time she remembers knowing that her family was very different from others. Tara and many of her siblings were unknown by the government as they had never received any formal education or even had birth certificates. Her father, Jean, was very suspicious of the government And because of this, he was paranoid with the idea of a pending attack from the feds based on the Ruby Ridge incident. And that was a um, shootout between the feds and a survivalist family similar to theirs, so it really hit close to home. As a precaution, their family stockpiled foods, guns, and ammo, and other supplies in case of an attack similar to the Ruby Ridge incident or for the Days of Abomination, as Jean was a devout Mormon. Jean made money as a scrapper in the scrapyard that was their backyard, and he would also do other odd building jobs around where they lived. His crew was his children despite the often dangerous work. Her mother, Faye, was an unlicensed midwife and made herbal medicinal products. Tara's adolescence was plagued by emotional and physical abuse from her older brother, and her parents were very ignorant towards it. Tara becomes interested in her education around age 10 and leaves home at age 17 to better educate herself at Brigham Young University, following in her older brother Tyler's footsteps, who was the first to leave home. She really looked up to Tyler, so his opinion was very important to her, and he thought that she should go and do this. At BYU, she was introduced to many new ideas, like the Holocaust and cleaning. And for the first time, it gives her independence. She's finally able to open her eyes to the real world, not one constructed by her father. Unfortunately, her education and newfound independence creates a new divide between her and her family, and she is forced to decide if she wants to rebel against her parents and continue to go, continue her education or to go back home. Ultimately, she decides to choose her education at Cambridge and Harvard University, But will she be able to repair the damage done to the relationship with her family and find her way back home? That's for you to find out. Now it's time for my opinion of Educated. 
I really enjoyed this book, even when a lot of it was very frustrating to me. Her parents' ignorance seriously made me want to close the book at times because I was just really annoyed by the way that they were acting and thinking. But her perseverance and strength made me keep reading as I wanted to know how she would overcome these challenges and Her descriptive nature made it very easy to picture what was happening. Like, for example, I have the whole floor plan of their house and what their yard looked like imagined in my head. Like, it was really, really good descriptions. This made it a lot more interesting to read, and I was able to think through the book a lot easier. I like the theme of the power of education because it was very eye-opening to me, as I feel like I often take it for granted that I have the opportunity to go to school and take classes, and that I even have the opportunity to get a higher education at a college or university. And I feel like many people will take this for granted. As I mentioned in my opinion of the book, Westeru does an amazing job in describing what is happening throughout her life. While I would describe her style as partially narrative, because it is a story about her life from childhood to adulthood, I would also more so characterize it as descriptive. She used many rhetorical devices like metaphors, personification, and imagery to help with these descriptions. I believe that it is very well shown on the first page, where she describes where she lives in rural Idaho by writing, The gales are strong this close to the mountain, as if the peak itself is exhaling. Down below, the valley is peaceful, undisturbed. Meanwhile, our farm dances. The heavy conifer trees sway slowly, while the sagebrush and thistles quiver, bowing before every puff and pocket of air. Behind me, a gentle hill slopes upward and stitches itself to the mountain base. If I look up, I can see the dark form of the Indian princess, which is the mountain that they live next to. She continues on and writes, The hill is paved with wild wheat, if the conifers and sagebrush are soloists, the wheat field is a corps de ballet, each stem following all of the rest in bursts of movement, a million ballerinas bending one after the other as great gales dent their golden heads. The shape of that dent lasts only a moment and is so close as anyone gets to seeing wind. Turning towards our house on the hillside, I see movements of a different kind. Tall shadows stiffly pushing through the currents. My brothers are awake, testing the weather. I imagine my mother at the stove, hovering over bran pancakes. I picture my father hunched back by the door, lacing his steel-toed boots and threading his calloused hands into welding gloves. On the highway below, the school bus rolls past without stopping. Westover 1 This section of text primarily uses personification to help readers visualize what she is seeing just outside of her house. Some examples of this is wheat and trees dancing and the mountain breathing. Not only does she describe the land in this way, she takes the time to write about the people in her life and the events happening in the same descriptive style. It makes the novel much more interesting and it allows readers to better visualize what is happening. As I mentioned in my opinion of the book, I could visualize her whole house without ever seeing it. This section gives me a really good idea of what it looks like in rural Idaho because I really have no clue what it looks like. I've never been there, never seen any pictures of it. The only thing that comes to my mind when someone says Idaho is potatoes, and that has nothing to do with this book. It's very important that she included this section because it gives readers a base to build her story upon, and some of the ideas in this section, like the Indian princess mountain range and that idea will come back later
This section also gives us insight into what her parents do to make a living. Apart from the actual story, this descriptive style is partially what made this book so interesting. For the most part, her diction leaves a solemn tone in which she describes her childhood. And that's all I have for this episode. Thanks for listening.